1: All of those other professional pathways, the reason why people are interested in them because there's a proven formula. If you do X, you make Y. In the industry that I'm in now, like I'm I'm charting my own course, which means that if you do X, you may not make Y. You may make Z, which is is better than Y, or you you might make something much less than that. And so like that uncertainty is a lot of things that like give people pause.
0: Gentlemen and ladies, So close your eyes and open your ears, and let's get into this. Come on, good people. Welcome back. Another episode of True Prescription Podcast. Today, I interview Mr. Jackie B. Wilson, fitness guru and owner of Nova Fitness Studio. He's also an attorney who once represented NBA and NFL pro sports players, and now he works as not only a fitness coach but owner of Nova Studios which is an innovative uh, EMS technology uh, simulator studio which we will get into sounds complicated but it's not so Jackie's truth was he had to accept the fact that fitness was his real passion not law and how he talks about how he made the transition to that secondarily I asked him well how do you how does one transition how would you recommend one transition If they have a passion, but they don't quite know how to transition over to it, what would you recommend? He gives some some tips and tools for that. We actually get into some talk about racism and specifically being black in America and how that is different sometimes for celebrities or people with notoriety. And uh, finally, he gave a little bit more detail around EMS, the EMS technology, the electromuscular stimulation technology, and how it can help you achieve your fitness goals. All right, good people. I hope you enjoy. Sit back, relax, and check it out. Good people, welcome back to another episode of the True Prescription Podcast. Today, I'm talking to fitness guru and owner of Nova Fitness Studio, Mr. Jackie Wilson. What's up, Jackie? Hey man, how's it going? Thank you for having me. Doing well, doing well. Just to give you guys a little background, Jackie is a graduate of Notre Dame Law School. Um, He was always a trainer, even through college and through law school. He eventually became, uh, when I say trainer, I mean a fitness trainer. He eventually became a, a pro sports agent representing folks in the NBA and the NFL, and that sort of reignited his passion. I know, I think in 2012, you started one business, but recently in 2018, you started. Nova Studios, uh, which is short for Innovation, with the emphasis on this innovative EMS technology, which we will uh, talk about, which I think is kind of cool because if it's all true, which I think it is, it allows you to basically get the same workout in half the time. So that's right. Welcome to the show, man. I'm always excited to talk to entrepreneurs, but particularly entrepreneurs of color and particularly male, black male entrepreneurs of color. We are the minority in this country. Just as a statistical number, and then even more of a minority in terms of folks that are actually trying to, that are not in jail and that are trying to do something uh, positive with ourselves and our families for the community. So, welcome again to the show. What I like to, to start with, Jackie, is we always kind of jump into the truth prescription first. And, you know, I, we talked about it off mic. And for anybody that's listening for the first time, the basic premise of the show is that we're afraid of truth. Truth is uncomfortable. We don't like it. It scares us. But ultimately, when we accept it and we allow ourselves to be bathed in the reins of truth, we actually have breakthroughs. Somebody even just on a more metaphorical uh, level, somebody like yourself, Jackie, that's a, a fitness you know, fitness person, a fitness guru, you even understand from a physical level how when you think you've gotten to your peak in, in, in a workout and you just push past just a little bit in terms of your, your, your metabolism and, and your overall health. So talk to the people.
1: Yeah. You know, I've, I've learned, heard a lot about this podcast. I, I appreciate actually diving into the truth. There's, there's yeah. a lot of surface level you know, conversations that are that are taking place. And I think mm-hmm. that especially in light of a lot of things that are happening you know, in today's society. It's time to to be open, honest, and and have these dialogues that are that are addressing the truth. Because without that, it is difficult for us to to move forward. Because we're having separate conversations.
0: Right, <laughs> one person's over here talking about the lie; the other person's over here trying to deal with the truth. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. So, in your life, Jackie, uh, is there something that you can pull from that has happened that you recognized? Hey. Maybe there was something that I wasn't either wasn't aware of a truth, or maybe I was just ignoring it. But once you accepted it, that there was a breakthrough for you.
1: Yeah, I would say my professional journey is, yeah. is probably the the best way, you know, to to dive into this. Growing up, like sports and fitness were were the most important important things to me. Um, yeah. I always had an, an interest in being a lawyer, but you know, if you would have told me that I could have gone professional in either fitness or sports at a, at a very young age, that would have been the thing that was most attractive to me. Wow. But following along the traditional path, you know, you, you go, to, go to a good school, you go to a, a great law school, and then yeah. you start practicing professionally. Like my parents yeah. always wanted me to be a doctor, lawyer, do something in finance, engineer, something mm. along those like proven professional pathways. Like there weren't yeah. too many people operating definitely wasn't operating in the fitness space as a professional or operating in the fitness space with a a college degree. So those were things that never crossed my mind. And I think that had I been aware of what opportunities could have presented themselves in these areas, it was probably something that I would have pursued a little bit earlier. Wow. Being stuck in those those notions of old school professional um, pathways yeah, probably kept me in those roles longer wow. than than I wanted to be in because yeah. I was afraid of one, you know, disappointing, you know, my my wife or my or my parents, and two, like, what, what would society or our friends or anyone say about me? You know, you got this guy with a Duke degree, Notre Dame <laughs> law degree, right? And now he wants to go and do these burpees instead of <laughs> <laughs> in the courtroom,
0: right? Right. And then the other part you're not talking about is the financial part, right? Because right. as an attorney, you're making a certain salary, right? You're bringing in a certain amount of money. And to you point about your wife, you know, because she look at you like, uh, bro, <laughs> you know, we, we have this certain lifestyle. You're making a certain that Now you want to do burpees. And, you know, the burpees don't pay as much as the other thing right now. And so having the faith to sort of stick through it is important.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, all of those other professional pathways, the reason why people are interested in them. Because they're they're proven and there's a there's a proven formula. If you do X, you make you make Y. In the industry that I'm in now, like I'm, I'm charting my own course, which means that if you do X, you may not make Y. You may make Z, which is which is better than Y, or you or you might make something much less than that. And so, like that uncertainty is a lot of things that like give people pause. I think it was one of the things that that gave my parents pause when I first told them that. You know, I'm not gonna practice anymore. I want to go do this thing. They're like, "Well, you know, how how does that pay bills? How does that pay back your your student loans? Like, how does that get you back to the venue? Like, how does that, that, that you real do? talk?"
0: <laughs> Man, Jackie, I think you know our parents meant well. My parents were the same way. You know, they. My dad is very young, probably seven or eight. Told me, "Hey, I think you could be a good doctor," and that just kind of stuck in my mind. And ultimately, that's what I did. And as I got a little bit older. It was this whole other world. I mean, for you, it was fitness. For me, it was like music production and filmmaking and writing and doing, you know, podcasting, creative endeavors. I have such a strong, creative thing that's in, in me naturally, you know, entrepreneurship, all these things. Because people don't realize this, but being an entrepreneur is a very creative job, right? Because you're always solving problems in the, the whole idea of creating a new business is what I just said, creating a new business, right? You're right. making something that wasn't there before. So I became uh, really keenly in touch with, man, this is deep down what I really want to do. And I like what you said, Jackie, that if you would have known what opportunities were available to you in the States early on, I think I hear what I hear you saying is you may not have even gone to law school.
1: Probably not. Wow. Like, or or maybe, maybe I still would have gone to law school. I use my, my legal knowledge like literally every single day. Like I have zero regrets about the educational path that I took, but I probably would have, you know, tried to jump straight into fitness or into sports following um, going to law school, and instead of going to practice um, for a couple of years.
0: Right. Okay. Awesome. So basically, you, the truth that you were ignoring was that your true passion wasn't was really in sport and sports and fitness, and once you discovered that, you had that breakthrough. Now, I'm curious. It wasn't sport and fitness like I want to be Iverson. I want to go to the NBA. It was or I want to go to NFL. It was more like the idea of training your body into a a well-oiled machine, being in maximal shape and helping people get in
1: maximal shape. Is that what is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, for for me, you know, I I, I grew up in a gym. You know, my parents worked out every day of my life. I got my first trainer, you know, training me when I was 12. Like, I, I became a personal trainer at 18. And so, like, looking back at in high school, I was coming up with the off drills and conditioning, you know, to, to push my teammates to get yeah. better. So yeah. I always had that passion of knowing that, because I wasn't the most talented athlete, but I, I did believe that you couldn't outwork me. And yeah. if I worked harder than you, I should be able to beat you. And so yeah. I would just come up with different ways to push. And as I was pushing myself, I was also pushing my teammates. Who a lot of them were more talented than me, and right. I was seeing that like my pushing myself and my pushing them was really giving us collective results, and that right. is absolutely addicting to me. Like it's still a still addicting to me. Somebody comes to me with a goal, whether that goal is my back hurts too much because I sit at a desk job all the time, or I want to lose fifteen pounds ahead of my wedding. Like mm-hmm. whatever that goal is, like. Pushing you, coming up with the formula, going into the lab and then saying, like, if you do this, you right. will to choose the results that you're looking for. Like, right. that is, that's the thing that excites me, you know, for every training session, every meeting. And that was something that I was not finding while practicing. Whereas, you know, in the, in the sports world, either representing athletes or training athletes, like that is the type of gratification, you know, that I would get on a, on a daily basis. And, and that is what I love. Right. 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 The whole the old cliche
0: about follow your passion. Don't follow the money, follow your passion. You know, let me ask you this. How can someone who maybe have a passion like like you did for personal training, uh, but they're kind of afraid to fully commit right now? Well, how would you
1: recommend they start? Well, I I think that if you are if you are truly afraid, afraid to commit, I think that it is a bad idea to just dive, dive straight in. I, I think that, you know dipping your toe in, for lack, for lack of a better word, taking, you know, a free internship or free classes, things on the side while you were still doing your current profession. So, you right. know, as I was practicing, practicing law, you know, one of my good friends from undergrad, both of us were interested in sports representation. And so, like, we spent, you know, nine months of doing due diligence and, like, learning the process and figuring out what that would be and calling up players that we used to go to school with and say so wow. like how do you like your agent? Like what is it about your agent that you like? What is it about your agent that you know you wouldn't like. And then I started trying to speak to agents and just mm-hmm. asking and, and saying like what what is your what is your path like? So I knew that this was something that I was interested in, but I wasn't really sure how to make it work. And I wasn't really sure if it was a good idea. And so I started doing that on the, like, somewhat on the side before I transitioned over. And so then okay. I transitioned over to sports representation. And as I was, you know, representing these athletes, you know, for contract negotiations, I started seeing that some of the fitness level, you know, wasn't wasn't up to, to our expectations.
0: Which is interesting because they're professional athletes.
1: Yeah, you know, professional athletes are remarkable specimens, but the beauty of a, of a lot of them is that they don't actually have to come up with their programming that, that they follow. So mm. so many of them are used to high level coaching, whether that starts at the AAU level to division one to professional, there is always someone who's the best at, at what they're doing that is pushing them along. Okay. And so while they can perform on the field or on the court at levels that none of us can, can even imagine, they still rely on someone pushing them and giving them the correct formula I in see, order in order to get to get going. And so that was a misconception that I had going in. I just expected all of my athletes to you know just want to work out all the time and always do what they're supposed to do. <laughs> and, uh, that, right. That just went it. Right. So want to eat.
0: Want to eat right. Right. Yeah. Get the proper. You, you you had posted one time about you know getting the proper recovery. How important that is. Duke Garone, who we both know is a celebrity fitness trainer, talks about exercise, rest, nutrition and how that rest and nutrition is so integral into just being being fit. And I'm sure for these these guys who've got chefs and, you know, all type of stuff going on, you know, to keep their bodies right. It's just a whole comprehensive thing that they have to do. This is like a simple question, but I think it's it's an important one for people that are listening who maybe don't work out. Why is fitness important?
1: The grief. I mean, we, we, could do a podcast. we could do a podcast just on that podcast. Um, right. But, you know, briefly, fitness is important for living longer. It is important for mental health. And it's important, you know, to to boost your immune system. And we are dealing with a worldwide pandemic right now that probably could have been mitigated if People were doing more to boost their immune system, and people were being a little bit more active. In addition to washing the hands, but if they were <laughs> <laughs> right a bit more active, we'd probably all be in in a better place right now. And so, yeah. you know, whether or not your goal is you know vanity to to just look better, or you know more practical in a, like you don't want to be the old parent that can't play with your kids, yeah. like all of that comes back to. You know, making sure that, that you are active, making sure that you are taking care of yourself and making sure that your body is in a state to be able to perform whatever it is that you need to perform, work, play, any of that.
0: Duke often says working out to make us harder to kill. Man, you know, that's that's an important uh, important thing to make sure that cardio and everything else is, is right. He had told me a story about one time when he actually got hit by a car. And just because of his agility and, you know, the way he had been working out, he sort of, the car hit him and he sort of rolled up on the car fell on the side. But he said he knew that if he wasn't in a, in a certain amount of shape, he would have probably been in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Uh, so working out helps you, you know, just just survive out here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> and talk, talking about survival, I wanted to switch over to this, this other quick topic. Well, it's not a quick topic, but a topic. You talked about one time when you were a student at Duke University and you are a freshman and uh, you were sitting in a car with some of your other brothers. Campus police came and drew guns on y'all. And it wasn't until you guys showed the ID that they left you alone because as you so comedically said in the video, you were students, right? (laughs) So it made me think about things that I have gone through, but it also made me think about Chappelle's latest comedy special. Did you see it? Uh, 847. Oh, mm-hmm. And you, you hear in there how he talks about him being stopped, the cop realizing he was a celebrity and kind of leaving him alone in his statement. You should not have to be, uh, you know, a student. Because my question is, if if it was three white kids on the campus sitting in a car where they came up to them with guns drawn, probably not. I've had some scenarios and situations, you know, same thing where it was clear because I had a physician placed on my on the back of my car. They just let me go, but started to pull me over for nothing. So, what do you think about how? Because so, even you, I mean, you're you're a, a somewhat of a celebrity with some notoriety, and that could probably also help you. So, where do you see that? Just the whole idea of as black men sometimes having to be, you know, a celebrity, or if you're just a regular old cat, that you could you know, potentially it, it could end end with you and in your, with your life ending?
1: I mean, I, I think that it is, one, it's scary. Two, it's, it's disappointing that we are having this conversation in 2020, which is yeah. similar to the conversation that I was having with my parents in the late 80s and the early 90s. And then before I went to school, you talked about having the physician plates on your car. One yeah. of the first things that I did when I got to school is I put I got cap alpha side plates on my car. I got like Duke paraphernalia on there. When I went to Notre Dame, I got the Notre Dame decal to put on the car. I never drove without a a state I, I mean a a school ID. Even driving, driving back and forth from Duke to New Jersey, where my, my family was living at the time. Like I've been stopped in the state of Virginia on that drive, showed my Duke ID. And, and situation de-escalated. I was like, wow. oh, I was good to go. I think that all of that, and, and I don't want let, to let bigotry or things of that nature off the hook, but I think that a lot of that speaks to comfortability. So a celebrity, when someone is stopped and they see a celebrity, they see someone that they know. They're like, oh, well, I know you. You're not, you're not a part of that riffraff. <laughs> same thing, same thing okay. with, my, with my ID. Oh, right. Okay. You re- you remind me of someone that I know or someone that I saw on TV. You're you're a student, like you are not you know whatever that preconceived conceived notion is. Right. Whereas you know people that don't look like me sometimes just get that benefit of the doubt without being a celebrity or without having to show that show that ID because they can automatically put them in the same position as someone that they already know. They look like their neighbor. They look like the son of the person that goes to school with them. And so I think that some of that, you know, you you can't fix racism through this, but a lot of that could be fixed through getting to know people a little bit more, getting to know people that do not look like you, being exposed to people that do do not look like you, so that when these interactions are taking place, you are operating from that same benefit of the doubt that you would give someone that did look like or resemble someone that you knew already, and I think that that becomes a little bit, little bit easier when they're when they can look at you and say, "Oh, you're not that. You are this because you are this celebrity, or you went to this school." And so that that's where I think a lot of that could be helped, um, right. and that's what happened with with the Duke situation. They came over, assumed that that we were were trespassing, and so the moment once they saw saw the IDs, like. Everything de-escalated. It wasn't, it wasn't a, we weren't like pulled out the car or anything along those lines. They saw those right. IDs and everything was all good. But I think the saddest part about it is what I was telling my wife was that incident wasn't something that we then went to report. So this mm. incident took place, you know, right. end of 2000, into uh, early 2001, we literally got out of that, we got out of those cars, we went to our respective dorm, dorms, we went to sleep. We woke up the next day, and it was Sunday. Like, it was literally just wow. the next day. Like, there yeah. wasn't a, let's go talk to my RA. Let's go talk to a, a teacher. Let's hold a ride. Yeah. It was yeah. just like, yo, this wild thing happened last night. Like, I don't even think we told all of our friends. Like, it was literally just like the four of us that were, that were in this car. We thought yeah. it was messed up, but it was such a, we weren't shocked. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. Like, right, It, it right. wasn't something to go see. Another day in America. Yeah. Right. to have
0: a gun pulled on you. It's, it's, I mean, I've had a gun pulled on me by police before. It's, it's just so crazy. It's so crazy.
1: But as a Black man, you know all the rules. So, like, you know the 10 and 2 on, on the car as, as they're approaching. You, right. know, you know that, like, you don't open the glove compartment before you are instructed to open the glove compartment. You know that you're not reaching for the seatbelt. You literally just sit there in frozen, like like there is a step by step checklist that you are supposed to do in these situations, all meant to make you appear to be less of a threat.
0: Did you ever see that the Chris Rock episode he did hundred years ago about you know how to how to not get your ass kicked by the police? And and he has all of these different scenario <laughs> situations, and the guy's sitting there and he's like, "How can I help you, officer?" <laughs> you know, <it's laughs> <a lie. laughs> yeah. He
1: said, if "You talk like that."
0: And then he's swinging when a guy gets out the car, pulls his gun out, starts talking shit. You know, it's funny, but it's not funny. But Chris was making a point, the same point we're making now, that it's unfortunate, but hey, I'd rather humble myself and stay alive than, than not and, and, and be gone. So That's
1: right.
0: um, you know, how many politicians, lawyers, leaders, business people have we lost over the last, you know, just even just 20 years? Along those same lines, man, what do you, what do you teach your sons? And I'll, I'll get more specific. If somebody said, you know, you can only teach your son two things, because say you're going on some long trip, you won't be back. You got to teach him two things. What's the
1: two most important things to teach your son? Be confident in, in who you are and true, and true to your values. Those would be the two lessons. Be confident in who you are and true to your values. I think that both of those lessons pretty much encompass, encompass everything. You know, it, it is having the confidence to stand up and, and project in a, in a ward room or, you know, shoot the last free throws as clocks expiring. And the values comes back to, you know, treating people with respect, demanding that, that you be treated with respect, and then just, just you know, having integrity in, in the things that, that you do. Because the moment you lose that, it only takes one instance of a lack of integrity or, or dishonesty for you to be painted as that type of person. So you could right. have 12 very honest things, you got one dishonest thing, you are a dishonest person. So sticking yeah. to those values and, and being consistent. So th- those would be the two lessons. And the cool thing about that is,
0: you know, they learn their values from home, right? They learn, that's where they learn what their values are from, from you guys, from your parents, from your wife's parents. So if those things are instilled and inculcated early, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that because oftentimes, at least for me, when I feel like I'm, I'm wavering, I'm trying to make a decision. A lot of times that's what I go back to. What are my values? Like, is this thing that I'm considering in line with my values? If it's not, then I, I'm just going to leave it alone. And mm-hmm. I think I think that's important. You touched on it earlier, but just tell give the folks a, a Cl- the Cliff Notes version of the EMS technology, how it works. So now you guys are down in Tribeca. Just describe a little bit about the technology and the benefit that folks can get from the workout.
1: Yeah. So, you know, electrical muscular stimulation, EMS for short, it allows your muscles to involuntarily contract up to 40 40 times per second. And so what that does is it streamlines workouts, um, makes them more more efficient, and gives people the benefit of a 90-minute workout, you know, in just a fraction, fraction of the time. Like our sessions are 30-minute sessions uh, when, when we're using the suit. But really, it's just just a, a smarter way of, of working out to where you can you know, push yourself without putting the same load so it's right. easier on the, the joints and ligaments. You know, EMS has been around for you know, 100 years. People who know about it know about it primarily from, from rehabilitation, but we're seeing it a lot you know, in the sports landscape you know, for guys such as Usain Bolt, Miguel Cabrera. They were you know, some of the original ones to use it. Bruce Lee was yeah. using EMS and, and some of his, you know, old school, old school movies. And so, you know, we opened up studio in New York to, to bring that concept, you know, to New York. And so it's been interesting, one, bringing a new fitness concept to New York. Um, and right. then two, seeing what what that fitness landscape looks like in a, in a post-COVID world. And so, you know, we're, yeah. we're talking a lot, like a lot of the things that we're talking about now are that, you know, we, we'd be talking about in terms of, of fitness innovation, you know, we, we're having to adjust. Because yeah. the world that we knew in March when, when we closed, um, you know, mandatory closure from the, from the state to when, whenever we're going to be allowed to open, similarly to what, what we opened this discussion with about being unafraid to change courses and, and figure out, you know, what's next. You know, we're in the lab right now, regrouping and, and figuring out, like, one what does fitness look like in a post-COVID world to where people are six feet apart and group fitness classes are, are probably not going to be as populated as, as they were before. But two, you know, still trying to incorporate this new technology, you know, in, into workouts. And so we're kind of in a, in a pivot now to where, you know, what, it, what it'll look like, you know, when, whenever we're, we're open. Can someone come,
0: like, let's say say I live in Harlem. Can I come down to Tribeca, pick up a suit, and then work with you via Skype or another medium to then work out? And maybe the, the iPad or my phone, I can control it by just putting it on a random setting or something. Because I, I noticed in the videos, basically, the, the personal trainer is activating certain muscle groups based on what exercise the, the person is doing. For people that are listening who can't visualize this, because I saw this, basically like if the person is doing squats then the trainer would activate the quads and, and the and the uh, hamstrings mm-hmm. to assist with more muscle contraction during the exercise that is that is that
1: right am i saying that I, right yeah absolutely and, right. And, and to answer your question is is yes and like and that's part of that is that's part of that that shift pre-covid everybody was coming to us we operate in these smart suits that that make you look like black panther Right, and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so our and if you work are, out in it, you
0: can you can feel like Black Panther if you work out in it diligently enough. Absolutely, right,
1: absolutely. <laughs> uh, and so you know our trainers are are controlling those impulses in in real time, and so now we're we're working you know working towards you know the user being able to control control their own impulses,
0: and right.
1: you know some of the things that that we're still still ironing out is like what does that training look like because. Everything was formulated from a in-person, I'm controlling. So now user, user controls, like how do, how do we incorporate that, you know, safely in a control, controlled area? So the short answer to your question is, yes, you will be yeah. able to come down from Harlem, pick up, pick up your seat, and, and do things on your own, you know, via instruction from us or, or just operating it on your own. But like, those are some of the directions that we're working towards. So the suit functions
0: via Bluetooth, is that right?: Yes. how it connects. Okay. Because I'm even thinking just maybe if it, it, would, if it had some you know, Wi-Fi connectivity, then obviously the trainer could still do a session and control it, you know, wherever they are. But that I'm sure require Because I, I, we didn't get into this. I, I also have some interest in this. I'm, I'm in the process of developing a medical device and, um, that's in manufacturing, and, and I'm starting the commercialization process so I understand some of this. Is this technology something that exists elsewhere? Did you guys have a patent on it? Well, obviously, EMS has been along for a while, but I've never seen any one with the entire suit. So that particular technology, that's something proprietary to Nova. Was it? You know, did you guys get it from somewhere else? How does that work?
1: No, I mean, like like you mentioned, EMS is, is everywhere. It has not really entered the United States on a mass level in the, in the fitness space, but in Europe, you know, primarily out of, out of Hungary and and Germany, it is the thing. They have Um, these suits there. They have these suits. They have these studios. It is commonplace. So most of the technology actually comes out of, out of Germany and Hungary. Um, We actually get ours from Germany. They've been in the, the EMS fitness space. At least for the last 15 years overseas, it's just been a little bit slower, you know, to come over to to the United States. But if you go over to Europe now, people are actively starting to work it out. Yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, that's dope. Okay. Listen, let's jump into this section called yes or BS. So basically, I will make a statement and then you will say yes or BS and then you can expound or you know, or not. It's up to you. Number one personal training
1: isn't for everyone? Yeah, I would say yes. Okay. I think that it's not for everyone. To be honest, like some people don't want to be told what to do. They, they don't operate. <laughs> <laughs> and so it is a weird thing to say. And I'm sure, and, and Duke will, will echo these sentimental oh, fire yeah. clients. Like yeah. I, oh. I, I have fired several clients. They, they don't want to do it what it is. And if a client is working out Work, working out with a personal trainer and the client is not a, achieving those results, they are a walking billboard for that personal trainer of right. like, oh, wait, who do you work with? I do not want to work with, with that person. Right. Right. That's important. That's yeah. Important. So, no, personal training is, is not for everyone. Number two,
0: elite athletes are mentally stronger than non-athletes. That's BS. Okay.
1: I think that that statement can be true. But I, I do not assume that, you know, a NBA player is operating on a higher mental level than Steve Jobs. Like, I don't assume that, you know, the starting quarterback for insert X NFL, NFL team is doing right. more than Elon Musk. Like, right. I, I think that it takes a certain level of focus and, like, mental acumen to be successful in any any arena. So yeah. I, I would assume that the top athletes are similar to the top CEOs that, that we're looking for. I mean LeBron, have you ever heard of post conference, like a post game yeah. post uh, press yeah. conference with LeBron sure. yeah. to where LeBron has a picture perfect memory of, of the, the scenarios. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And that, that reminds me of, of the top litigators when they're, when they're sitting in a in courtroom and, and getting ready for cross-examination. Like, they mentally prepare the, the exact same way. They're just operating in, in different arenas.
0: Yeah, okay. You know, it's interesting. I like the way you answered the question. When I said mentally stronger, uh, it didn't necessarily mean more intelligence, but I see what you're, I see what you're saying. I, I definitely see what you're saying. I, I like that. Okay, number three. Focus
1: is more important than gratitude. I'd say that's probably true. And I think that 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 is true for me. And it's probably not true for for other people. Like the gratitude is not really what I'm I'm interested in. And so, you know, it goes back to like, what's your purpose for doing something? And so if you are doing something for the purpose of receiving gratitude, then that's going to be, you know, extremely important to you. For me, I am results oriented. And so the focus... That the focus and preparation is paramount to to yeah. reaching to reaching that goal, and so you can reach that goal and still not you know get the gratitude you know at the end, but you but you've reached that reached that goal, and for me that's a lot more important. That's yes, more important. Okay, number four,
0: you 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 like this as a father, a boy can be successful
1: in life without his father. I think that he can. I think that it is harder. Yeah. And like, I, w- I would say the exact same thing about a boy would be, you know, it is a bigger challenge to be successful without his mother as well. I, th- I think that that the benefit of mm-hmm. having both parents having, you know, different perspectives and, and different life lessons prepare you a little bit differently. And I think that those people who are placed in situations, like, I think a lot of these lessons you're going to learn anyway, you're going to learn them early from your parents or you right. going to learn them the hard way you right. know, through, through experiences. And so if you have, if you have these lessons from, from your parents and you're learning these lessons early, I think that it sets you up for a easier path to success, not an easy one, but right. an easier path than if you have to learn these lessons later through experiences and, and sometimes failures.
0: Yeah. yeah. When I was writing this question, I thought about for whatever reason, I thought about 50, you know, having been raised by basically his grandparents out there in the streets getting shot and look at where he is today. You know, you could he's definitely successful, but everything that he went through, how would his life been different if he had, you know, two parents in the home? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number five, personal trainers should have more education before being allowed to train
1: clients. Yes. Too many damn trainers out there. <laughs> hey, there's too many people that call themselves trainers. I don't think <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's too much social media training without having you know any any meat behind it. And to a lot of credit, like no no shade to people that are that are out there doing their thing. I think that if you are an entrepreneur, like you know you're we we are cut from the same cloth. So what, whatever it is that that you are doing to make it, I I applaud that. But I think that. There's a lot of people that are very good at working out. There's a lot of people who, are, who look a certain way and they automatically turn that into, well, I'm good at working out and I look, I look a certain way, so now I can train you. And what it takes <laughs> to train somebody else and for them to get the goals that they're looking for, I mean, everybody's not looking for an eight-pack. Like I said, some people just wanna like fix their posture. Some people are looking to like push off diseases. And if you can do burpees and flips, that is fantastic, but I don't know what that has to do with staving diseases and fixing posture. And I hurt myself and now I'm trying to lunge again. Like none of those things come from, I look real good and I can do a lot of acrobatic things on, on Instagram. A lot of those people who do those things are also good trainers, but no, there's, there's a lot of people who. You know, go from, oh, I look great. And this is working out for me. You should pay me to to come (laughs) in.
0: Oh, my goodness. All right. That was great. Number six, exercise watches. And I'm talking about like the Apple Watch and these Mm -hmm. kind of watches. Exercise watches. Take the focus away from the workout.
1: No, I think that's BS. Okay. I feel like someone who says that is an exercise pierced and is <laughs> and is not paying attention to to the current the current landscape. I mean these these watches, they we are such a data-driven society at, yeah. at this point. Yeah. And so you know these watches are are taking metrics, whether that's your your heart rate, you know, caloric expenditure. And so like I think that people who are checking for these watches are are actually more interested and more tuned in potentially than those who are not. Because what, what are you using to gauge whether or not you've had a good workout? What are you using to gauge whether or not you have burned enough calories? So like, I I don't know what it is that you are, are working with without that. Maybe it's a heart rate monitor. Maybe you're relying on, on something along those lines, but you're still relying on some sort of technology to give you something quantitative to let you know like, Oh, yeah, this this workout was where it was supposed to be and it needs to be more than just like whoop, i'm out of breath or i'm sick <laughs>
0: <laughs> or even something simple as a stopwatch the only reason i say that is because like for instance my you know my wife works out a lot and um she uses the the apple watch and she's always talking about getting these medals i gotta get the medals i gotta close my rings and in my head i'm kind of like is it, the, is it the horse or is it the carrot? Like, what is the motivation coming from inside to work out, or is it because I want to get that thing that this watch is 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 allowing me to get? I don't know. I mean, look, before she had the watch, she worked out, but I, I just sometimes I wonder if it distracts folks from from the thing of that we talk about sometimes in work workout, which is body awareness. Like my my workouts went up exponentially when I took my earphones out of my ears, stopped working out with music and really focused on the movements and really got real granular about what my body was doing with each exercise like I actually feel myself and so that was that was kind of where the question was uh, was coming from but I know hear- I
1: and I, think, and I think that that like what you just described is more me like I don't okay. use, I don't use fitness trackers I don't I don't use any of those things in fact the only time that I would use a fitness tracker is like if I was posting something I'm I'm not actually using it for for my working out. And so like for me and you, like I do better when I am unplugged and I and I'm locked in. But I think that we are a smaller percentage of of the population. I think that everybody else like, you know, if you get these little these little carrots, these awards from from your watch or, (laughs) you know, Peloton tells you that that you've now written, you know, 2000, 2000 miles, like all of those things are just building habits. And so when, when you're asking with your wife, you're like, which one is the carrot? Like my response he would be like, does it matter? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's probably what she's going to say when she listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> does, does it matter? You? Because like, going back to the point I made before, like I'm results oriented. Like I don't yeah. care what you use to, to get there. Yeah.
0: Okay. Dope. Last question and get a little controversial. Number seven, the laws in this country protect all citizens. In theory
1: but that's BS. <laughs> right. That's BS. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, on, yeah. Their, on their face, that they, they are intended to protect all citizens. And I think that in the application of some laws that may even appear to be neutral on, on their face, they can have a negative impact on certain groups of the population as opposed to others. And some of these, some of these laws are just laws that are bad for certain groups of certain groups of people. But I do, like, in theory, they, they are meant to, or they should be meant to, to protect all people. But in application, it, that just ain't it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Jackie Wilson.
0: Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. Tell the people how they can reach you, you know, learn more about what you're doing and uh, stay connected to Nova Studios so that they can connect now. And then when it's fully open, they can, they can really connect.
1: The best way to keep in touch, you know, very, very active on, on social media platforms, posting on uh, Instagram primarily. Uh, you can follow me at Jackie B. Wilson to follow uh, the company at Fitness Innovation. And so we'll have, have updates as we, we get closer to being able to, to reopen and uh, show our new identity, show what, what a post-COVID fitness company looks like. All
0: right, I'm going to end with Kobe Bryant quote. Oh, my favorite. I
1: think think it's
0: apropos from the late Greg Kobe. We can always be kind of average and do what's normal, but I'm not in this to do what's normal. Allergy to average. Right, allergy to average. With that, I will
1: sign off as I always do. The truth will set you free if you let it.